A website is never finished, especially a B2B tech website. Welcome to Forward Slash, the podcast that explores how B2B tech companies can leverage their websites to achieve fast, efficient, predictable, and scalable growth. In each episode, I take a big issue affecting the B2B tech landscape and then pick the brains of marketing leaders around the world to learn how the issue affects the questions B2B tech marketers should be asking about their websites and how to answer them. Let's get into it. Natalie Marcatulio, Head of Growth at Nevatic, which specializes in interactive demos. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? Doing well. It's Thursday here, so you know, making it through the week. <laughs> we got one day left and then it's off to Florida for you. I'm I'm really excited to speak with you today. I've been following you for about a month now, and I'm, I'm loving uh, all of the cool data and insights uh, that, that you're posting on LinkedIn around interactive demos and all the success Nevatic is, uh, is seeing with them. You, you know, 2022 was a strange time. It was a little bit of a reckoning and, and there's some obvious shifts that are taking place in the go-to-market space right now. And it seems interactive demos are like perfectly positioned and, and just like an awesome way to help B2B SaaS companies kind of navigate this, this new reality. Um, so I am very excited that we can dive into that today. But first, um, just to kind of like frame the discussion, I did say that it was an interactive demo. If you can just take it a little bit further, what is Novatic? Who is it for? Why should we care about it? Um, and then curious why you chose to work there. Yeah. For anyone unfamiliar with interactive demos, I call them like try before you buy experiences for software. So essentially they're a clone of your actual product that you can put on your website, send out email campaigns and let the prospect click through parts of your product on their own time and get like the hands-on experience without necessarily needing to sign up for a free trial or get guided by a sales rep. And we find that very intentional, right? Like this isn't supposed to replace your free trial or replace a sales call. Instead, yeah. it's almost the way I heard someone put it, which I love is it's a little taste. It's a little snack before the dinner. You get an idea of what the product does. You become familiar with it so that you're enticed to want to sign up for the full thing. Gotcha. And what are you able to track within these demos it's obviously you can do like click tracking whatnot is there any kind of scroll or like what are you telling your customers as far as what they should be measuring within uh, within an interactive demo so the first thing we say to measure is just drop off and completion rates so you can mm. see how many people who started this demo make it all the way through and that's helpful to understand just at a very base level is my demo engaging is it interactive maybe is it too long or there friction points from there you can also track send it to something like HubSpot, Salesforce, Google Analytics, and track conversion rates, right? Like how many people who started this demo converted and ultimately went to my free trial or, or demo. Who is your ICP? Who's your primary buyer? So we only really work with SaaS companies. I mean, anyone who has technology can use it, but you need an, a product to have an interactive demo of a product and some sort of uh -huh. technology. We typically find that it is a little bit more mid-market companies who have a product established. They know the UI. They know the best features to show off that are drawn to interactive demos the most. But there are still some companies who, you know, maybe they're earlier and want to show off a product before they have all the UI fleshed out. And generally, gotcha. it is marketers who we're speaking to. So growth marketers, demand gen, product marketers, people who want just a better way to give their prospects hands-on access. Cool, cool. I appreciate that. So I'd like to dive into best practices around interactive demos. I'd like to frame frame it a little bit. And that's really just with like the reality of B2B SaaS right now, right? So it's it's hyper competitive, right? Especially if you're in MarTech or sales tech. 
sales cycles are longer, wallets are harder to open. Um, and then you have the dark funnel, right? Somewhere around 20% of, of the buyer's journey only includes the supplier. And, you know, that's every situation is going to be different, right? I'm sure like for more sales-led companies, it's going to be a little bit uh, longer. But you recently posted about how product-led growth leaders uh, like Dropbox and Mixpanel are taking product-led marketing to the next level. So I'd like to start there. Um, it seems that interactive demos are perfectly positioned for this kind of reality. Is that what you're seeing as far as the, the reason for the rise in this popularity? Yeah, what we've seen is a lot of PLG players, you know, PLG used to be the big new thing. Mm -hmm. And you used to really be ahead of your competition or stand out. As you mentioned, now it's more competitive than ever if you had some sort of PLG motion. But the issue with PLG is even though you are showing a lot more people your product, you are getting more people into the funnel, still only about one in every like 100 website visitors are going to actually get value out of your product. Because mm -hmm. one, they just have to be enticed enough to click that free trial button. And then on top of that, we see only 30 to 40% of accounts are truly activated, which means of any free trial, this is across the board data that we've collected. So that means only 30 to 40% of the people are really seeing your product value, not just going into your free trial, realizing it's some work to set up then bouncing. Because mm -hmm. let's also be honest, sometimes everyone has the best intentions to go set up your free trial or play around with it. And then they get a Slack message or they get busy or it just doesn't come become a priority and they don't have the time to put in that work. So what we're seeing leaders, like you mentioned, Mixpanel, Dropbox, is they're putting their product front and center on their website or within their marketing cycle so that people mm -hmm. can get a taste of the product before that free trial. And we've seen engagement rates around 25 to 40%. So that means around one in three people now are going to be familiar with their product, understand what it's like, rather than one in a hundred with just a free trial. Gotcha. So companies who use interactive demos, they have a choice between making them public or gating them. I'm assuming that it's mostly public-facing interactive demos that you're seeing. I actually just posted about this today. So good timing. Very, very okay. top of mind. <laughs> if we're actually, it's about 60-40 ungated versus gated. So a slight gotcha. majority towards ungating. But I always say it really depends on your goal, right? Like if you have a more complex product with a lot of different features, you might want that email so you can nurture them and send them more education and content later. If you're just showing off a small portion of a product, for example, we have a lot of companies who put this on product pages to replace the static screenshot or to replace mm -hmm. videos, then it makes sense to ungate, right? Like you're only giving them a little taste. So it really depends on your goal and where you place these demos. We are see probably more PLG forward companies leaning towards ungating. I think that is a very PLG mindset, but it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean you can't gate them if you're PLG. Do you see any ungated sales led uh, examples? Yeah, I think we've seen I don't have any at the top of my head, but sure. we've seen sales-led companies as well. If you're putting them in blog posts, if you're putting them on ad landing pages, on specific product page or integrations, if it's a shorter specific feature, that's where generally they're ungated. We have seen some sales-led companies use this as for sort of that first step into PLG. What we gotcha. might see is, okay, our product's really complex. I don't know if a free trial is actually going to be the best experience for our end user, or we don't know what what part of the product might be best. So let's first do interactive demos as, as kind of a way to go PLG light. What sure. we also see actually sometimes is companies who have free trials, who, as I mentioned, they're seeing, they're not getting successful activation rates or they're seeing trouble with their users converting. So they want to add this layer on top to make sure that the users that do go into their free trial motion 
again, are educated on the product and are knowledgeable and kind of know what they're signing up for when they sign up for that free trial. Are you seeing any specific industries uh, that are taking more advantage uh, of this? Industries that are a bit more complex or have a bit more complex of a product. So for example, cybersecurity, fintech, mm. sales and marketing tech, where I see so many cybersecurity companies that claim, you know, they'll protect my company from hacks. And I, ha I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and it's not until you jump in, you're like, oh, I can see now how you help prevent phishing attacks. And you kind of need to see it to understand it. So I do think companies where their value proposition, just a little harder to understand right off the bat, that tend to see the most success with these. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I would like to, to explore a few examples. We're actually exploring how the website itself can um, influence acquisition, activation, uh, retention, referral, what have you. And you kind of explored how interactive demos can also kind of help move the customer through the journey. I'd like to explore each level, if that's okay with you. Um, if we can start with acquisition, that seems to be kind of like the, the most powerful point. Where are you seeing interactive demos being used? Is it mostly on the homepage? Is it on the solutions pages? Uh, you said blog posts. So I'm curious, like, what kind of best practices are you seeing out there? The majority of interactive demos are linked out via CTA on the homepage. So whether okay. it's on the nav bar, maybe it's a secondary CTA, we do typically find it is a secondary along with a main CTA. Kind of going back to my earlier point, we're not replacing the free trial or regular book a demo. And then usually it's a full screen embed. So that just means it takes up the whole page and links out. So you're really getting that full product experience. From our data, I think about 60% of our customers do the full screen CTA link out. The next after that would be the little mini embeds. So those tend to be on the landing page, maybe surrounded by text or other supporting materials. That tends to be on product pages, sometimes on pricing pages and integration pages. So again, when you're calling out a specific feature or point of the platform, you might like, again, replace like a screenshot and put it there instead. Gotcha. Are, are you seeing anybody build out like listing pages of demos where people can just kind of like choose their own adventure? That's actually a really growing use case. And we're seeing customers do more and more of that. If you want a great example, we we have an article about demo hubs and libraries, but Demandbase has a really good hmm. one on their financials page, I believe. And essentially it's like nine different demos that you can choose from and click into the exact feature or the exact use case we want. And I think that works really well. Again, if you have a more complex product, you sell the most multiple personas, ICPs, then they can go and say, okay, I care more but most about this feature. And then on your side, if you have as a demo hub that links out to individual pages, you can then go see, okay, these pages perform much better than these pages. Maybe people are more interested in this product. Maybe we should develop even more product resources towards this page. Gotcha. This feature. Gotcha. I'm seeing this as being a powerful like conference activation option also. Do you see people taking advantage in that light? Definitely. We've seen customers almost create little booths with, uh -huh. especially with like iPads that they can bring at the conference. And it's almost a way to double or triple the amount of people that you have on staff. Because usually, you know, if your booth is crowded or you can only talk to so many people, you can only give really one demo at a time, especially like, let's say you bring mm -hmm. one solution engineer. So if you have this little click-through demo, people can still go through your product and get an idea without necessarily needing someone there to demo it. 
Going back to, sorry, just like a lot of things are popping up as, as, as you're talking through. So going back to um, like landing pages and, and solution pages and integrating these interactive demos, um, are, are they usually like the first thing that people see or is there usually like a little bit of a buildup and then the demo is kind of like the, the culmination of, of the story on that page? Curious what you're seeing there. We do find that demos that are embedded higher up on the page tend to have higher completion rates than those gotcha. that are kind of buried down, which makes sense. What we recommend sometimes too, and what we even do on our website is we have a little jump down button. So if you do want to, okay. you know, if you don't want it to be the first thing people see, understandable with the website, sometimes you want a little more education before you dive right in, then at least have a really quick way to indicate there is an interactive demo on this page, jump them down to it so that they don't have to kind of dig around to find it. Gotcha. Um, are, are you seeing interactive demos being used in like onboarding and activation or are our customers typically just using their, their, their product by that, that point? We actually are starting to see it more and more. I feel like this is my answer to everything. We're seeing this more, but people are using right, interactive right. demos in more interesting ways as we- It's the beauty of interactive demos. Right. Exactly. It's, it's very, honestly, our customers amaze us with their ideas, but one thing that was really cool I saw recently was in onboarding experiences for a free trial, it's the option, okay, either play around with it yourself, you know, get started or take this quick product tour and understand it. And so we've also seen people using it in drip campaigns for onboarding. So if someone isn't logging into the product, we typically know it's really hard to communicate with them because they're not in the product. You can't send the notifications. So instead it's like, okay, if you're maybe stuck see this interactive demo of what it will look like if you do set up the entire free trial. And it kind of inspires them to keep going or might help them if they were stuck with something, understand how to unblock them. That, that's a that's a good point. Just you can, I'm seeing how interactive demos can be pretty much used everywhere. I see it as an ABM strategy also. Do you have any um, examples that speak to that by chance? We do, and we have a personalization aspect so mm -hmm. what you could do is create a demo specifically for one account. And we have variables kind of similar to email variables, right? So rather than having to create a specific demo for each account, you could have it where it says, okay, here it says, welcome first name. And then in the actual product, you can change it. So rather than just saying generic dashboard, you could say the company's Apple, Apple's mm -hmm. dashboard and include mm -hmm. their logo. So we have a few different ways you can personalize it. And we're seeing that for more that one-to-one -one ABM. What I'm really excited about, and I think this is going to be something we see a lot more in the next few months, is mm -hmm. ABM at scale with interactive demos. So using tools like Mutiny or Metadata that can personalize landing pages at scale, and then creating almost an interactive demo template that changes depending on who's viewing the landing page. But again, you're not manually having to create a million demos or landing pages. We're using those other platforms to figure out who's visiting it and live sort of adjusting the page. It seems like the, the nice thing about interactive demos versus like videos or or an in-person sales call is it's it's much more it seems like it would be much more shareable where it's like okay if you weren't able to 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 be a part of the sales call here here's a demo if you if you want to if you're like the the end user and you want to um show the person who's responsible for purchasing it let's say it's like martech and you, you you're trying to convince a cmo it's like CMO's busy. Okay, cool. Here's an interactive demo that's made specifically for CMOs that are helping them understand like their product. Uh, it's like a lot more shareable. Uh, exactly. Am I right in that regard? Or okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, Adam, you're basically doing my job for me at this point. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're seeing 
exactly that use case where champions are using it for champion enablement because I think we're all really used to videos being recorded at this point. Like any demo mm -hmm. you hop on, you hear Grain, you hear Gong being like, hey, we're recording this and we're just used to that. And I always find it really funny because people will ask for that recording and I do the same as if I'm going to watch the whole thing again or as if my CMO is going to watch a 30 minute demo. They're, they're probably not. I mean, it's nice to have for points, but I doubt a CMO is going to carve that time out to watch the full demo. So what's nice is if you send an interactive demo, one, it probably will be two minutes long versus 30. And you can also tailor it to a specific feature or a specific functionality that they want. So it's not the entire overview of the product. It's if the CMO really cares about analytics, then you can just send them the analytics demo that will take them a minute to walk through. Gotcha. And then just marry that with an ABM campaign. Um, and I, I'm seeing this whole thing scaling like uh, pretty substantially. Yeah, you mentioned mutiny. Uh, I've, I, I'd like to explore that because this there's some pretty cool stuff that um you've been posting around the integration with mutiny and all the cool experimentation um and lift and conversion uh like huge lifts i'm curious if you can talk to that um what does that look like and what are people doing with that kind of integration right now the main way people are using mutiny plus nevatic is a b testing so uh -huh. i think you know we have these stats about like cta increases and all that but we understand it's different for every website and every single use case. So what we've seen is customers A-B testing maybe a normal CTA or an interactive demo versus a video. And our one customer, Trainual, I think it's the one you're referring to, they actually saw a 450% increase in conversions. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, when doing an interactive demo versus a video. Yeah. You're telling me when we heard that stat, we're like, you made that up. That's not true. I know. You're like, you don't see the, those numbers anywhere. So it's just like that. I, I have a feeling that you just need to read that once. It's like, yeah, okay, interactive demos. Like, this is definitely worth a shot at the very least, if not experimenting with it. I think if nothing else, it just goes to show buyers are a little sick of typical CTAs. Or I know for myself, like, I would love to say I, I fully watch videos, but this day and age, like, I, I'm watching a video, I get a distraction, I zone out. I think we want knowledge really fast and we want to get hands on. I think people like the fact that they are clicking through the demo and controlling it themselves. So it's just something new. And that's where it's seeing what, by appeasing what the buyer wants, that's why we're seeing those conversion numbers. We've also seen other customers, as I mentioned, A-B tested against just a regular, I think it was a get in touch CTA. Hmm. And that was an 161% increase in conversions versus the normal CTA when now I think they did a take a tour CTA instead. Are, are there any other trends that you're seeing, um, whether it's like stuff that's happening now or or you know something that, that that you see coming down the line in the future, you know, 2023 and beyond, 2024. Um, anything that the data is showing there as far as interactive videos that I that I might not be asking about. You touched on a lot of the the innovative use cases we're seeing within product and as I mentioned, personalized ABM at scale. I think one interesting use case I'm also seeing more is using it in blog content. So if anyone's familiar with the Ahrefs blog, it's one of my favorites because they mm -hmm. seamlessly work their product into top of funnel posts in ways that like traditional marketing was very not allowed. You know, you don't mention your product until bottom funnel posts, but really it's it's helping the user. It's letting them understand how to solve their problem. And it just happens to be mentioning their product. And we're starting to see that with interactive demos. So not just feature announcements or very product specific posts, but I think it was Cognizism that put out this article that was like how to search for a CEO's email. 
And in the article, they had a little mini interactive demo showing how you do that in Cognizism. But it's not, you know, again, it's not like a feature article, but it is still showing them and giving them familiarity with the product, even if it's very top of funnel. So I'm excited for that because I think it also will just push blog content to be more interactive and engaging. I think there's a lot we could still do with blogs. So totally, I'm excited to see that one continue. Yeah, I love that you brought up the Ahrefs example because I, I'm a huge fan of their their marketing, their their content. They they have a really interesting uh, strategy where it's like they don't even want you to buy the product unless you completely understand it. I think it says that on the homepage, or it used to say that on the homepage, where it's like there's a lot back here. We don't want you to even buy it unless you're you know what what to expect and what you're doing. So they create all of this content uh, just so they. They're making sure everybody understands what to expect. Um, and I think like the CMO even had like a quote on the homepage was like, please don't buy this product unless you interact with all of our other content. And, um, you know, that that brings in the whole like dark funnel and, and, and dark social. And I'm, I'm curious if, uh, you know, like, sorry, there's, there's so much here because we're, we're exploring the whole jobs to be done um, aspect and kind of really understanding all the finite issues that 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 your customers are having. Um, and whether it means building like a, a tool in and of itself for the for the website, like not even in your product, just like a like maybe a calculator or a toolbox or a, you know some kind of template. That to me seems like fodder for dark social. So does interactive demos where it's like maybe somebody's asking you about something. You don't know the product totally, but you know it's a it's a it's a solution. Maybe you can share this interactive demo and be like maybe this will help you out. Are you seeing that as a possibility? These definitely tie in nicely with dark social, because if you can no longer understand exactly where everyone's coming from, how much product knowledge they have, it's best just to put your product out there, right? Right. So then you know, no matter what, every person who comes in has some familiarity. And given the interaction rates, engagement rates I mentioned before, the fact that around one in three people will interact with this on your website, there's a pretty good chance then that almost anyone who talks to your sales team has seen it. And we've seen that internally and heard that from customers a bit where they'll talk about how, you know, these product tour leads are some of the best we've seen just because they clearly, they clearly get it, right? They clearly know what they Mm -hmm. signed up for. They're not, they don't feel like they were bait and switched at all. So I think it, it does pl- tie into the whole bigger goal of educate the market as much as possible with dark social, you know, just get your name out there, get them familiar, and then they'll they'll do the research themselves. I think we've seen buyers are much more educated than ever. They're much better at researching. They're much better at buying. Like we don't feel like we have to perfectly give them this beautiful funnel to drip down. I always <laughs> find it so funny when marketers are so obsessed with their funnel because it's like, that's not how anyone works these days. I have 10 tabs open at all times and I'm bouncing between them. I don't know which one I saw first, right. but ultimately it's it's trusting our buyers know how to do their own research and just giving them what they need to do it rather than again, like almost hoping that if we give them a little bit and a little bit at a time, like breadcrumbing down <laughs> to the product that they'll perfectly follow that path. Are you seeing, has there been any data provided by your customers regarding customer churn um, as far as like earlier on in the relationship, because that can be, that can, that's a, that's a story in of itself as far as sales telling one story, marketing telling one story, sales telling another, and then the customer actually getting into the product. I imagine there's uh, this kind of experience is going to reduce early customer churn. Are you seeing that? 
We haven't necessarily seen churn numbers yet, but now that you say that, I immediately want to go ask our CS team about it. <laughs> but what we have seen is activation. So I mentioned the trainual mm. case study before. They also saw their free trial. Users who saw the interactive demo versus a video were 100% more activated or had 100% lift in activation rates. So I think those are early signs. We haven't gone full funnel analysis yet, mm. but it kind of makes sense again, like, they saw the product, they clicked around with it, they're more likely to be happy free trial users. Totally. No, that makes sense. A um, lot of good stuff. Is there anything else that that you're seeing that, that you might want listeners to know about? I think this is related to interactive demos, but as we're thinking about just the economy at large right now, mm -hmm. I think there's just a really big missed opportunity to create a new experience that our buyers want versus just doing the way we've done it. And at this point, we kind of, we can't risk having a bad buyer experience, right? Like imagine mm -hmm. if you're losing deals and potential revenue just because you didn't provide the buyers with the information they wanted up front, or you had a really pushy, aggressive cycle that didn't match how the buyer wanted to buy. I'm hoping that all this going down will, will kind of change the way we do B2B SaaS buying. I think we're all a little sick of it. And I'm just hoping everyone at this will take a step back. I think these moments are really good to kind of reevaluating what you're doing and saying, you know, if I was buying our software, is this an experience I would enjoy and want and be useful and looking at it from their lens rather than just always our lens or our funnel as we were talking about before. Beautifully said. Yeah. I think it's all about buyer empowerment these days. Um, cool. Cool. Thank you for that. I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for you before we, before we close out. Um, I think I know what you're going to say to this, uh, but what do you wish more B2B SaaS marketers would do more of? So I actually have a new answer. I won't use what I just did. So I'm I'm a small team here. I've always kind of been a startup marketer. And I just wish we didn't get, and I'm, I don't even know if this is the marketer or kind of their surrounding team. I wish we didn't get pulled in so many different directions or felt like we had to do so much. I think it's really easy for founders, for other leaders to say, oh, you know, like Gong did a Super Bowl ad. Why aren't we doing a Super Bowl ad? That's an extreme example, but <laughs> something like that. As a marketer, you probably, every marketer probably hears that five times a day. So I just hope more marketers know it's okay to say no sometimes. And trust me, this is something I'm still getting better at each day and not feel like we have to do a million things, but rather do five things really well. Completely agree. Um, who are your favorite B2B SaaS marketers to, to follow? So I have like a list of, a few people. So Andrew Kaplan, I've been following him for a while. He's ex growth at like Postscript and Wistia. Amazing content. He just released this like huge, I don't want to call it an ebook that's doing it a disservice, but basically huge just guide for if you want to be in growth. And like anyone going into growth, I, this is my first growth position. I didn't fully understand what I was signing up for. Anyone growth, go check that out. Cool. Some other growth, another growth person I love, Brendan Hufford. He posts a lot about SEO, but also just like modern buying SEO practices. And then just some all-star marketers, more B2B SaaS, Nick Bennett, Mark Huber, Aaron Balsa. These are all probably names you all know and have heard of, but if you're not following them, go follow them. Uh, Aaron Balsa, um, I, if you're listening, I, I want to bring you on to this, this podcast. Uh, yeah, her work with uh, reports, uh, research reports is, is pretty awesome just from like a demand generation standpoint. Um, but yeah, all, all awesome people to, to follow. Um, I appreciate that. Um, are you or Nevada going to be a part of any upcoming events that listeners should know about? Yeah. So despite, I don't know when this is coming out. So if this already happened, then 
hopefully you were able to attend, but you're going to the V2BMX conference in Scottsdale at the end of February. We're doing a pre-party with metadata. So on the Sunday night before, it's um, going to be just meeting other B2B marketers, snacks, all that stuff. So come out. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, Natalie, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for speaking with me about interactive demos. Um, I think it's pretty clear that there's a huge opportunity for them. Um, and, and I'm very excited to see what other kind of, what data and insights are coming down the funnel now uh, that people are starting to, to harness. Yeah. More often. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I'm glad that my my daily looking at interactive demos has come in handy and that <laughs> uh, we could uh, find some cool new use cases for them. Totally, totally. Thank you.